3: All right, back here on a Buffalo Football Friday. I just had the t- headphones turned up way too loud in my ear, and I just blasted my eardrums up, I think, Joe. <laughs> that happens. Wow. I don't know why. I think something happened and I turn it up, and then all of a sudden I turn on the mic like and elbowed I elbowed it by accident. Bam! Yeah. Our Buffalo Football Friday is presented by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game over at Tops Friendly Markets. So Bill's Sunday at four twenty five. How are you consuming these Saturday games? I will be,
2: I think, at home for the night game. The day games, I might have to have them up on my phone. We'll see. Got some sh- holiday shopping to do tomorrow. So I'll be out and about a little bit. Keep track of them that way. Maybe for lunch you find a place with a with a TV to watch the early game. I will definitely be glued into that night game, though, between Detroit and Denver, which is also, I think, the best game of the day just for watchability.
3: It's probably only, right it's the only game with with uh without backup quarterbacks uh that's right I don't know if I'll be able to watch much football tomorrow I have a really long day of things got flag football in the morning uh for my son not me to have um friends in town be hanging out with them and then a holiday party tomorrow night two of them actually I have to go to like go to one like it's more of a friends and family and then then another one that's a little bit bigger but by the time all that happens I'll be checking in on the phone be listening you know driving around so yeah I'm not gonna really I like the I like the Saturday games. I get why they do it. It's you know the time of year where it's not as much college football on. I know you have bowl games. But the NFL likes to take advantage of those windows, but it's a lot of football watching. Thursday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday. I and yeah. also by the way, a friend of mine texted me last night. We keep getting this question. Had this question again the other day. Just so everybody's aware, we don't know when the Week 18 game is going to be against the Dolphins. We will not know until after Week 17. The yeah. Bills will play the Patriots Week 17. After that game, at some point, we'll find out the week eighteen schedule. All
2: right, I do like think, six days. I think at this point, it's highly likely, <sighs> in my opinion, that that will be the Sunday night game. It could wow. be. It could be on man. Saturday too, right? Yeah,
3: it could be Saturday at four thirty. Okay. Saturday at eight or eight fourth or whatever around that time, the the late two windows, or Sunday at one four thirty or eight fifteen. Okay. For one game, the standalone eight fifteen. I'm right? thinking Sunday night, but man,
2: I would also hope that it's at least Sunday for fans' sake. I know a lot of Bills fans that are going to that game, and I don't know their exact travel plans, but if the game got moved to Saturday, I'm sure that would affect some people in terms of flights, right? Like, you might yes. you might not yes. plan on getting there till Saturday, or you might plan on getting there on Friday, and, you know, your flight out might be on Monday. If, now, if you knew it was a Saturday game, you might have said, well, we could have left on Sunday. So... You know that'll affect people's travels plan. So I, I would I would hope that it remains Sunday. Guessing that
3: most Bills fans would have been guessing at that being a Sunday game. And also if it is Sunday night, this is week eighteen we're thinking about. It. I know it's down the road. I would also think about this if it's Sunday night and the Bills are get into the playoffs. I would think the league wouldn't put them on Saturday, the next week. But maybe um, that's a long trip back. Getting back Monday. That's m- a good question. You know. That's a what do they?
2: End. I guess. What do they want for the Saturday games? Do they want the Saturday game? Wild
3: Card Weekend? You mean? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm it's, talking about Saturday Wild Card Weekend. Okay. If the Bills were I to see. play the Dolphins Sunday night, Week 18, last game, right. everything on the line. They make the playoffs. You can't put them on Saturday the next week for the Wild Card. They would move them to like Sunday, right? Or they would make sure it's I, on Sunday, right? Right. Or, or Monday even Monday, night. Monday, night. Monday night game. Now you could do that, wow, but then you're crazy.
2: bleeding into the divisional round. Yeah. You're, now we're getting really deep into it, but the. Um, I don't. What do they want for those Saturday games on Week 18? Like, do they want games that don't have an effect on anything else? Because if they want, you want to know what they did last year.
3: Yeah. What did they do last year? Like, week do they 18, want Week 18 games? Saturday games? The Chiefs played the Raiders. The Chiefs had to win for the one seed. The Raiders had nothing to play for. Okay. But the Chiefs had to win for the one seed. Okay, that's right. And then the night game was Titans at Jags, and that was for the division. And I think that was for the division. It was. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I guess Bill's Dolphins could actually be Saturday, but I would still guess that it being Sunday night. I think that is the the hottest game that right now has the highest likelihood
3: of meaning something. Speaking of Dolphins, the Dolphins, I mean, I think they're up against it this week a bit. It looks like maybe no Tyreek, no Devon A. Chan, no Connor Williams, no Connor Williams for the rest of the year. I mean, that really sucks for that dude. He's No Jalen Phillips on the defensive side. Connor Williams is a really nice player. Yeah. He's out for the year, and he's going to be a free agent. I just think that just sucks for anybody to go through that. No Jalen Phillips, you're right. Yep. Um, I think Javian Howard got hurt. I don't know. Did he come back in the game? I think he, he might... stayed in, but Okay, he, he
2: was he was dealing with something. And now
3: you're dealing with the Jets' defense. And by the way, in a you talk about weather, Joe. The East Coast is going to get hammered this week a little bit, and I think Miami's going to have some wind and rain, too.
2: That's the game you really want for wind and rain especially with lineman injuries. Holy cow. If the Jet, if the Dolphins have to start running the they they've been a good run team this year, don't get me wrong. But if they got to start getting physical and run the ball because the weather's bad and they don't have their center, the Jets interior defensive line is going to eat them alive. Yeah. Like Quinn and Williams, can I can I I want to bet Quinn and Williams anytime sack right now going up against a backup center. I mean, the Jets just line him up over over the center
3: all day. Just watch him get in the backfield. Well, that game is, I'm going to go back to my week uh, 15 1 o'clock, week right? 15 schedule. 1 o'clock. You're going to get a lot of 1 o'clock games. We're going to know a lot of different things about you know what the Bills need to do. And they, sure, they need to win, right? We all know that. But uh, before the game at 425. In the meantime, speaking of the Bills, head coach Sean McDermott joins us now for his weekly radio interview.
1: You're listening to Buffalo Bills Football Friday on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. Radio 550. Now, here's Sal and Joe with Coach McDermott. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. By Kaleida Health, the official health care provider of the Buffalo Bills. By tire official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. And by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown.
3: And the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, joins us on the West Her Hotline uh, Coach. It's Sal and Joe. Good Friday morning to you.
4: Good Friday morning to you as well.
3: Coach, last week you said you're a late Christmas shopper. We need an update. Have you started? <laughs> Have you finished? Where are you in the process?
4: I think I'm in decent shape. Not, not totally done the job or finished with the job, but uh, I just looked the other day. I'm like 10 days from now counting mm. uh, till Christmas and uh, very appreciative of the green grass. And uh, But I also understand that Christmas is right around the corner
3: here. Yeah, it sneaks up on you pretty quickly. Before we get to injuries, we always you know, talk about that pretty early on. just want to rewind last week, uh, the game against Kansas City, you getting the game ball in the locker room. What did that mean to you, uh, the message coming out from your players, and then Brandon Bean handing you the game ball and his message to you as well?
4: Yeah, I was extremely grateful uh, of the support uh, from, from everyone, from the players, the staff. Brandon, uh, Terry, and, um, you know, just, I just can't thank those guys enough for what they went out there and did. I mean, th- at the end of the day, it was all about them. I know what some of the mentions were, and but just to watch them perform on that type of stage, you know, at the end of the day, they did it, and I'm extremely, extremely proud of them. Do
3: you? It's not the first time you got a game ball. Do you have, like, some room where you put your game balls? What do you do when you get a game ball? I mean, players have these, you know, mantles, they put them on. What do you do?
4: Well, the first one uh, that we got, my first win, uh, our first win here in 2017, is still in my office. Hmm. It was Kyle Williams that handed me that one. And, again, forever, I'll forever be grateful. And I don't have any markings on it. I just wanted the authentic uh, real game ball from that from that game.
3: Got it, Coach. All right, let's talk about injuries for this week. Anybody you're going to declare out for the game on Sunday at this point?
4: Right. So, yeah, so two, uh, two players, AJF and Nessa, and Micah Hyde both will, will miss the game this week. And then as far
3: as guys who've been limited, like Dalton, like Taren, um, what do you expect from them from practice today?
4: Yeah, they'll, they'll all go in some capacity, and, and we'll continue to, to monitor them today and into the weekend here.
2: On Vanessa, uh, Coach, what what will you be missing in him? I mean, he makes a splash play last week. He has made a few of those this year. Um I don't know if you'd want to call it a breakout season, but it, you know, statistically at least, it definitely looks like that for him.
4: Well, and you could say that. I think he's just—it's been fun to watch him kind of blossom, develop, and and really start to get it right, just in terms of what it takes to 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 be successful in this league and as a as a defensive lineman in particular. And um, and so we'll miss we'll miss his 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 production. Uh, and you know, anytime you, you're out uh, a pass rusher like that and a guy that as we've all seen, does a great job of getting his hands up, tipping passes and, and whatnot. So we'll miss that for sure.
3: You know, I, I know with, with Micah out, a lot of times it's Taylor Rapp who gets, you know, majority of the snaps there, but I want to touch on Cam Lewis and all the things he does for you, right? I mean, here's a guy that came in from the University of Buffalo, obviously undrafted free agent. You know, he's been in the league, he's been on your team, I think for five years now, um, sometimes was not even on the active roster. What has Cam met, meant to you as far as versatility, toughness, and being able to fill in these multiple spots?
4: I mean, you think about his journey, right, where, you know, coming over from UB and, and um, you know, kind of being on the bubble for a couple of years there and then active, not active, practice squad, so on and so forth. And to, to see him persevere through it all and now um, through this season in particular, be a mainstay on our, on our roster and, and, uh, and a guy that produces for us in different positions.
2: Sean, on the, on the offensive side of the football, some of the numbers have started to decline a little bit for Stephon Diggs. He was interesting on that yesterday on just what does it matter if the the rest of the team is, I don't want to say picking up the slack, but producing. Um, in terms of Diggs, getting him going, is that a priority, or is that, again, like kind of what he said yesterday where if it happens, it happens, but you don't need to force it?
4: Yeah, I think he's – Spot on. You don't want to force it and then you become predictable and, and not always good things happen there. So when you do that, so I think at the end of the day, um, you know, if he's doing the things right, which I know he is in terms of all the details that, that are at that position and the ball finds you. And, you know, I thought I, more than anything, I was impressed last week, even though he didn't have the numbers, maybe he had the game or two before. Um, I was most impressed with how he was blocking uh, when others had the ball in their hand, and I think that goes a long way in terms of playing winning football down the stretch for us. He
2: he mentioned too defenses, you know, really keying in on him to take him out of the game and doing a good job. Uh, kind of on the the same topic, but the flip side, your your defense has done very well this year against opposing number one wide receivers. Your your thoughts on like the value of that and your defense's ability. To keep a talent like CeeDee Lamb in check as he'll be the number one. Or on paper he's the number one for uh, for Dallas this week.
4: Right. I mean great player. Um great player and, and uh he's really come into his own uh this season and uh he's playing at a high level for sure. Um, to your point, we faced a, a number of the top, you know, three, four or five wide receivers uh, to this point and uh I just think it's you know, trying to be aware of Um, you know, they're number one guy. And I think, you know, collectively our defense has has done a good job, you know, being aware of it and trying to, trying to manage that as much as we can.
3: And here comes Dak Prescott, just having a bit of a resurgence, not that he ever really went anywhere, but you know, um, some of the balls last year, a little bit unlucky. And now he's just, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's so efficient. What do you see from him on film running that offense?
4: It looks like, you know, again, credit to coach McCarthy and, and uh, Brian Schottenhammer, their offensive coordinator. It looks like he's playing with just more clarity Maybe they're keeping it simpler for him. I don't really know, uh, but he just seems like he's com- more comfortable in the system, more comfortable in the pocket, knowing where he wants to go with the ball. And you know. And then on top of that, he uses his legs well when he needs to, third downs and uh, red zone two-minute in particular.
3: And then a couple questions on their defense. It starts, obviously, up front with Micah Parsons. They have talent across the board. We know that. What's the challenge of kind of never knowing where he is, right? I mean, he can line up interior, outside, linebacker. He does, He does it all.
4: Yeah, Dan Quinn, their their defensive coordinator in this case, does a phenomenal job of moving him around. I mean, it's it's a little bit like Lawrence Taylor, right? You think he's a defensive lineman one play, and then next next play, he lines up as a off the ball linebacker. and Next play, lines up as an on the ball linebacker, and um, just very unique in terms of his talent. Um, this team is very talented. They have some some different uh, you know players, as you mentioned with CD in this case. Um, with that number 11 Parsons and what he can do.
3: And I'm interested in, you are a defensive backs coach, and you came up you know, coaching defensive backs. Stephon Gilmore, at this point in his career, I mean, he comes in, he's 12 years in the league. We know a lot about him here in Buffalo. To be playing at the level, what does that say about a player of any really ilk, but at that position where athleticism can you can kind of drop off pretty quickly against some of these offenses to be able to do what he's doing?
4: Yeah, I have just a high level of respect, man, admiration for his game. I mean, he takes the ball away. Uh, he's such a technician uh, to be able to play as long as he's played and to have his level of play be where it is uh, is a real credit to him and I'm sure his habits and, and, and his process during the week. Very impressive.
2: Sean, if I could rewind for just a moment to last Sunday's game on, on special teams. It was at the end of the half you guys had, uh, at the end of the half, you opted for a Hail Mary. I think it would have been 62 yards for Tyler Bass. How how does that work when you, you think of like the extent of a field goal that you would try. Is that a like a week to week thing where you know the number? Is that like pregame related with, with a conversation with him? I guess just how do you or is it even feel in terms of like how far you would attempt a field goal from?
4: Yeah, those are uh those are week to week, right? So you go into the game um with, hey, what's the what's the eighty percent line? Um and then what's the what's the what we call the max line or the drop deadline and, and so if you can get close to that drop deadline, which was close, that's where we, that's where the ball ended up was a yard or two around that drop deadline. And so it was, hey, um, can you, do you like it right at this point? Does, does, does he like it? And, and then you also have to, you know, think about what happens if it doesn't get there. Do they go to those, you know, up, do they put a returner back there? And, you know, quite frankly, same thing with the Hail Mary. So you saw that against, uh, I think the Jets had one a few weeks ago that Hail Mary got returned for a touchdown there. So, um, you know, we were just outside of his range and felt like the best shot at that point was a Hail Mary just because. You know, we were close enough, we felt like, to have a realistic shot at it uh, with Josh. Um, and so uh, that's what we went with.
3: All right, Sean, I'm going to let you out on uh, just uh, the importance of Bills Mafia at the stadium on Sunday. It's uh, a national brand coming to town. The Dallas Cowboys, a really good football team, obviously a 425-game national audience. And you're going to need uh, Bills Mafia to be loud, I'm sure.
4: Yeah, you said it, Sal. We're going to need them. And You talk about uh, an elite offense coming in here that scores a ton of points. And uh, they can be a be a huge factor for us and helping us on defense in particular, but helping our entire football team overall. All
3: right, thanks a lot, Coach. Have a great one, and uh, we'll see you this weekend.
4: Sounds great, guys. Have a good weekend. All
3: right, thank you. You too, Head Coach Sean McDermott, right there. The Bills have ruled out Micah Hyde and AJ Epenesa. Two big losses. I mean, you do yeah, you know, th- these are really important players uh, for different reasons, obviously. I do like what Kingsley Jonathan brings. It doesn't mean he's going to get a ton of snaps, but yeah. I think he's played well this year when he's played.
2: Yeah, I've liked him a lot, honestly. Of the The guys behind Rousseau and Floyd, who are your obvious one and two, I think, at the moment, in terms of productivity. The next guy, I I would say of the rest of them, Kingsley Jonathan has looked the most dangerous of their remaining pass rushers. In a very limited sample. Interesting. He he had a pressure... Oh, wait, it wouldn't have been him last week. Wasn't he inactive? He was inactive. Okay. Then I'm thinking of somebody else.
3: He has played well, though. I mean, maybe you're right. I mean,
2: maybe it was Vaughn, and I thought it was Kingsley jonathan but then I realized he wasn't even in no, the game. No, no, but
3: but you're. But either is way,
2: right. he he's looked dangerous at times this year, playing limited snaps. And we know Vaughn hasn't made much of an impact. And Shaq Lawson, we kind of know what he is at this point, right? Like he'll he'll give you the run defense, and he might make a play here and there, but he's not striking fear into any left tackle. So I might want to get a look at him a little bit, it, at least. I would want to see him get an opportunity because, again, the two other veteran players haven't been that dangerous rushing
3: the passer. Kingsley, just a smart guy. He went to Syracuse. I mean, that's what do you expect? Uh, Yeah. They're getting a bunch of four and five star recruits. They are. What is happening? Fran Brown. Fran Brown. Fran Brown. Is killing it on the recruiting trail. And it's funny. So real quick here. This is actually the state of college football, right? So Syracuse fires Dino Babers. They're going through this process, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I want a guy with head coaching experience, a guy that's done it, been mm-hmm. there because Dino wasn't. They hire Fran Brown. I'm like, I, I didn't really know who he was. No, Not only no head coaching experience, very little coordinator experience. But, Joe, he's regarded as the best recruiter in the country, right? right. So I, I read people saying, you don't need this. You need a coach experience. It's not about the recruiting. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. No, I've been thinking about it wrong. It's all about recruiting now. You got to recruit high school kids. You got to recruit your own kids. You got to recruit kids that are on their other teams, and that's what's happening. All these kids in the portal, like yeah. a bunch of them, are going to Syracuse. I don't think Kyle McCord's that great, the Ohio State quarterback, but right. for Syracuse, it would be a really nice get, and he's going I, to visit.
2: I was going to say for
3: the for the ACC. Yes, he's gonna. Yeah. So I'm good with it, man. That's what you need these days, isn't that the state of college football and college basketball now? He's got to recruit everybody all the time. You, there's yeah. no, you can't build a program anymore.
2: Yeah. Deion Sanders was really funny on that the other day. Just so, he was exuberant about it being transfer day. Like, oh. it was like, it's like a, his favorite day of the year. He was transfer so funny. Day. They got some linemen, too. But yeah, college football's getting weird.
3: I thought, bowl Deon... games start tomorrow, by the way. That's right. There's like seven of them. Oh, yeah. I usually get in a bowl, pick them, and I didn't do it this year.
2: I know. I'm just realized that, too, as yeah. you said that. And like, now I I'm looking to the group and chat, I see if I can find one. Did I miss an invite to one? Because
3: I got to get in one. Uh. Maybe I'll have to start one real quick and go. Bam! Let's go do it. Um, by the way, real quick, did you guys go look up the uh, the shake, the California quake, earthquake shake, whatever it was? I meant to, from ben, did not. From Bush no. Johnson. Okay, that was the one. And then there was another one. One of the Cowboys guys did. I can't remember who it was. Did like the holsters and pulling out like a cowboy after he scored. We were talking about Dallas Cowboys back in the day, and that wait, that was him. There, Bush Johnson. He did it. That's what I remember. The the the, the earthquake shake. Go go uh, check it out. Bills Cowboys. Not a. Not a real common occurrence between these two teams. It's generally once every four years. There was even a canceled game in 1987, Joe, the strike year. The strike year, mm. the real players, the real players, the the normal players played three games, two or three. They went on strike. The next week was canceled around the league. It was Bills-Cowboys that week. The Bills didn't oh. play them that week in 87 when they were supposed to. Oh. Then the, Then the replacement players played for three games. Uh,
2: okay. So that's why they've only had five meetings at the stadium.
3: That's right. That's right. It's only five, which is not that many. No. We'll take a timeout. Patrick Hammer, what is the weather going to be like for the Dallas Cowboys coming to town on Sunday? We'll find out next here on a Buffalo Football Friday on WGR. It is time to take a break. It is brought to you by Snapdragon, Snapdragon Apples. We'll be back in a snap. That is the official apple of the Buffalo Bills. Joe, this may be the first time, in fact, I know it is, the first time in the history of this program that I'm going to read a tweet from Entertainment Tonight. Wow. You ready? Yeah, what have we got here? Well, you want to guess what it's about? Think about football. Taylor Swift. Of course. Yeah. Of course it is. Here's the tweet. Travis Kelsey was noticeably absent during Taylor Swift's 34th birthday celebration in New York City, but for good reason. A source tells ET that he remains committed to playing his best... And doing his best on and off the field. The team practices are critical, mandatory to attend, and something he takes very seriously. So it's no surprise he stayed in Kansas City ahead of this week's weekend's game.
2: Okay, so that's interesting because I read something different the other day. Wow. And maybe that this, you know, conflicting sources here. Okay. uh, That Travis Kelsey was planning on throwing her the best possible birthday
3: ever. Maybe this is separate from that party? It's got to be separate than that party because he is committed Play, and I, and the, I don't want to make fun of that. You, I'm glad. because yeah. Can you imagine? Because as Albert Breer pointed out, and he's right, Albert Breer basically said, can you imagine an NFL head coach if you actually went to him and said, i got to go to my girlfriend's party across the country. Sorry. Right.
2: Yeah, that's why maybe he's doing something on his own time there.
3: That's right. That's exactly and right.
2: I saw some speculation. It was more just guessing at what he's going to do. What, what do you get Taylor Swift? Like, you're you're the poor guy in this Ooh. situation. Like, you... M- money... You don't have that. <laughs> There's nothing you can buy her that she can't get, or maybe what do hasn't you get already got. get the lady gotten. that has everything? Right? So the 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 best idea I saw was <laughs> rent out a a Dave and Buster's and hire fifty actors to just not talk to them. Like so, it's like a normal night without being like obs like obsessed upon by so by hire people. fifty
3: actors to not talk to yeah, just to hang out at Dave oh. and
2: Buster's. Like you were okay. just you were just there that night without you know. Oh my God, look it's Taylor Swift. Right, Draft- right, like, right. No, just. Keep to yourselves. Do your thing.
3: Uh, You know what? That's a good question for Patrick Hammer. As we play his open, he can think about the question. Pat's listening. Pat, what would you get for Taylor Swift for her birthday? Let's get to Patrick Hammer on the way.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply
1: now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way
3: Break it down. When you need to know
1: what to wear. Is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? What to prepare for? You are about to find out. Here's Sal and Joe with your game day forecast. With Channel 2 weatherman extraordinaire, here's Patrick.
3: Cover time. All right, Pat, putting you on the spot, what would you get for Taylor Swift for her birthday? Gosh, I
1: I think, I mean, we just did a story this morning about how she has made, I think, $2 billion now. It's amazing. So outside of buying her, like, the Rocky Mountains, um, or a state, uh, I, I, you know, I, I can't imagine what to, to get her other than anonymity. I love what you said. R- Dave and Buster's of all places. How perfect, right? She's well, playing video games. Nobody's talking to her. I think that's would would be right up her wheelhouse.
3: Yeah. She's, she made a comment recently how much like she loves football. She never realized how much she'd love football, which I think is super cool. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe... Maybe there's just something. Go, to, I don't know. Take her to the Pro Bowl or something. I'm know? surprised. Just maybe she said, "Hey, it's a cool way to." I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here myself. I'm surprised
2: Pat didn't lean into there like a weather balloon or like a barometer or something.
3: <laughs> no,
1: I'm, let's 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 real
3: talk. I think the fact,
1: I mean, it occurred to me. Okay, the other day I'm at uh, Target in Orchard Park, and who's our new offensive lineman? Uh, Connor, Connor
3: McGovern, McGovern, who played for the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, and
1: he came in, and I knew who he was. But you know he kind of you know kind of mixed in with the crowd and, and people left him alone and I thought that was like oh, that must have been nice. But then I thought, what if that was Jordan Poyer? Like he would have never been able to have a Target experience or a Wegman's experience without being mobbed. Any you know so if I were Taylor, I would want to go to a place where I could just be me, right? There's something about her that seems kind of genuine. That doesn't seem to be above everybody else. So maybe she just likes to mix in, and and that would be a perfect guess.
3: I agree. Can I give my hot take on this whole thing? I it might not yeah. be a hot take. I I don't think it's fake, and I think it's totally cool that if these these two people like each other and they want to hang out with each other, like we make people make fun and what? No, it's a hey, you like somebody, man, you know. Like is like, love is love. Whatever you want to say, right? I mean, like that's cool. I don't. I don't think it's an act. I don't think it's anything that's you know the enemy any drummed up. I think it's it's cool and we have fun with it. But nothing wrong in my book, man. You like somebody, you find somebody you share some time with. I don't mean to get sappy, but I think it's totally cool.
1: Hey, there was video of her like running into his arms like after one of her concerts, and it looked like that was a good for him, good for her. Exactly. And and yes, we thought it was a marketing thing maybe at the beginning, but to me, and the fact that he blew up, well, didn't blow off, he chose to put his profession in front of a party kind of is another example of like, I don't need to be at her birthday to showcase my love for her. It's already there. I don't know.
3: And by the way, on your on your of McGovern point, well, I, yeah. I would tell you, Bill's players often say they love... Being here in Buffalo because even though they might get recognized, people don't really bother them, which is great. And, you know, right. even when they do, and it's totally cool, they don't, but they don't get hounded. But I'd say the difference there is I don't know how many other people other than you would have known it was Connor McGovern.
1: <laughs> What's funny is that I've run into him like three times, and I keep telling, like, my, my son who's with me, that's Connor McGovern. And <laughs> he's like, oh, that's great. And I'm the only one that's kind of fanboying over it, but, you know, I do. And, and, <laughs> and, it, and it was, it was, uh, it was cool. So, yes, I. <laughs> I'm a fan, and I, I'm not a stalker, but I did run into him three times, always at the supermarket. So the guy likes to eat.
3: Patrick Hammer, WGRZ-TV2 chief meteorologist on the Western Hotline. I have had a roller coaster thinking about the weather this weekend based on right. talking with you, looking at different things, heading out there. Okay, lay it down for us. What are we expecting Sunday for this game at 425 p.m.?
1: Okay, so the deal is, is that light rain is in the forecast at any point uh, from mid to late morning through the game. Um, That sounds kind of general. But the reason is this. This is a system that's got three pieces to it. One is cruising. If you were to look at a weather map right now, there's one little system moving through the central plains right now. There's a piece coming down from Canada and there's a piece coming from the Gulf of Mexico. They're all getting together. They're going to have a party over the East Coast Sunday night into Monday with a tremendous amount of rain. We are getting a piece of it, okay? We're not going to get the brunt of this thing as it appears now. Um, If you recall, we spoke a week ago, and I said, God, there's a system lurking, and, you know, let's not turn our heads to the weather for this game, and that's certainly the case. I see light rain arriving as early as mid to late morning for tailgaters. Again, it looks light. Uh, It's likely going to be raining through and during kickoff and most likely through the game where could this forecast go wrong it could speed up a little bit it could rain for parts of the game but not the entirety i don't think the forecast is going to get worse okay. i think that we're going to go with a chance of light rain and if anything parts of the game may dry out a bit but for now mm-hmm. if you're going and you're you know if you're game planning plan for light rain
3: it doesn't sound like it's even necessarily For me, I would know this from being in Philly. I know you weren't as bad as even Philly was, which was pretty steady for the game. And and, and one of the things that I like that I heard you say is that despite
1: the the, the light rain that happened through most of the game, we still were throwing the ball down the field, and there wasn't too much of an issue with the game plan. Um, And I think that's the case with this. It doesn't look heavy. And now, if this game were being played in New England on Sunday Mm -hmm. night, I would say, Katie, bar the door. Get ready for a deluge. That's not going to be the case here. Um, this is going to be an East Coast storm. We're going to get a piece of it. It looks to be light, temperatures in the 40s, wind, eh, southwesterly breezes, but nothing too bad. I think it's more of a nuisance rain, but not a driving rainstorm uh, as we see it now.
2: So all in all, kind of sounds like annoying for the fans, but nothing that is going to affect the game in a, in a big or, way exactly
1: or embrace it think about how the cowboys play in jerry world in this perfect 74 degree temperature every home game Mm -hmm. now they're coming to this foreign atmosphere they haven't been here in eight years it's going to be cloudy and maybe you know light rain they're going to feel so out of place and uncomfortable especially hopefully with bill's mafia going off this may be a good setup for us um If you want to use weather to your advantage in terms of just the overall comfortability of the other team,
2: yeah, this is probably the worst weather they'll play in. Just looking quickly at their schedule, like they have, they've played. You mentioned like all the the home games, like at Carolina is not bad. They did they played Philadelphia at the end of October, so that probably wasn't that bad. Arizona, California, a couple times. Like they are not familiar with any conditions. I don't think. And
1: i got to assume, and and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I mean, many of these players were not playing football eight years ago when they were here last time, whether right. they're a Cowboy or not. Th- this is a very yeah. different atmosphere than any experience they've had this season, um, and I think this could uh, play well for us.
3: And, and they're 3-3 three and three away from home, 7-0 at home, so yeah, they're, they're a different team. So yeah, I, I like th- what you're saying there, and I've talked with a couple of Dallas media members who, obviously, they're like, what's the weather? What's the weather? And when we talk about it, the thing they say is, well, the wind could really impact them. You're saying, yeah, it's going to be breezy. It's not going to be overly overbearing, though.
1: Exactly. Uh, There's going to be a breeze. I mean, that just happens uh, on the greatest of days, being that you're near the lake, there's going to be a breeze. But it's not going to be impactful. You know, I hearken to what it was like exactly a year ago right now. You and I, and, and we were talking about the Miami game and how snow was coming in in, in lake effect snow and it, as we all know it hit the fourth quarter and affected you know actually the bills played better if you recall um during that game exactly a year ago we're talking about no cold no snow we're talking about just a light rain and i think um it's manageable
3: um on the on the other games you just mentioned it's interesting you said about New England, so they are playing at home against the Chiefs. That's a one o'clock game though you have the Jets at the Dolphins at one o'clock game in Miami. like are we talking about like these games are gonna have some major weather implications?
1: Um yes, the jets at the dolphins there is gonna be a ton of rain tomorrow, particularly, I believe it does move out, okay. By, by Sunday the, time the game starts, okay. yeah, but, but still, I mean, it, it, if this thing slows down, there could be a rainy impact, and um, the Sunday game in New England, the heavy rain will be on the approach, so okay. I don't think it's going to get there in time for the game. If it was a Sunday night game, I don't think right. it is, right? Uh, that's when it could be like, you know... That's wow. uh, going to be you know animals walking in, in pairs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be the case for an afternoon game at this point.
3: Okay, and then real quick, um, temperature wise, um, not to be, not that bad though. We're approaching. We're going to be in the mid forties on Sunday. What are we looking at here? Yeah, it's,
1: I mean this is the third weekend in a row where we've had like this mild, rainy December weather here. Um, and yeah, temperatures will be actually the high on Sunday. We're forecasting fifty. Wow! So by game time, we're at mid forties. So yeah, none of the um, none of the crazy winter weather we had to navigate last year. That's for sure. Um, it's more wet. It's more Seattle-like, you know, or you know, than it, in December than it would normally be. But that's just how the weather pattern is working out. It looks kind of mild and a little wet.
3: Are we going to be saying the same thing in two weeks when the Bills take on the, the I'm sorry, the Patriots here on December thirtieth? Yeah. That is that
1: is the period of the calendar where I see the weather pattern changing. Going, I mean, even leading up to Christmas right now, it's looking very mild and rather quiet. Um, <clears throat> we may get a little snow next Tuesday morning, and then it's quiet times. Through the weekend of uh, leading up to Christmas and maybe Christmas itself, right now it appears that after that, in time for New Year's, when we have that next home game, the weather may get a little more interesting hmm.
3: all right we'll keep an eye on that all right buddy well you have a uh you have a good weekend thank you we'll talk next week we know the bills are out in la and a dome pretty much you'll still be worthy because there'll be a lot of people out in la mm-hmm. i know the la bills backers they're hosting a big party there so we'll talk next week might be on thursday next week though with the game on saturday
1: sounds good i'm here and love to talk uh L.A. football vibe, for sure.
3: You got it, Pat. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Pat. All right, have a great weekend. Patrick Hammer, WGRZ-TV2 chief meteorologist. When we come back, we'll wrap up your Friday. It's a Buffalo football Friday here on WGR. Bills, Cowboys, 425 p.m. And the Sabres play tonight, too. Sabres Golden Knights tonight in Vegas. 10 o'clock puck drop. The defending Stanley Cup champions. The Sabres take... On tonight here on WGR and the Sabres Radio Network, pregame at 9 p.m. We talked yesterday about the Sabres' slow start and how bad they are in the first period with their numbers. Minus 18 in goal differential, which is ridiculous. But tonight, it is the night's worst period as well. They're only plus 4. They're plus 29 on the season, but only plus 4 in the first period. Maybe tonight, tonight, where you can we just not allow three goals mm-hmm. before the first 10 minutes? I,
2: I I'm mean, not confident. I know. <laughs> it, it's the whole year. And it has not gotten any better, and Vegas is a machine. Yeah. Like they're they could really get rocked tonight. I would say that as someone that has bet against them in several games where I thought they were about to get rolled by a great team and then they just showed up and played great. The Rangers game, the Bruins game. So they're a Jekyll and Hyde. Who knows? Who knows what they're gonna look like tonight? They they could they could beat Vegas. They've huh? beaten all these
3: yep. great teams. But then they'll go lose to Columbus on Monday. They've beaten the Avalanche, they're not the last time. A couple of nights ago, they've beaten the Boston Bruins on the road, and now you get the Vegas Knights tonight in their place. By the way, Vegas, yeah, their numbers are all great, right? You got to score first on them, though. When they when they score first, they're thirteen and one and two. When they score first, so once they they get they're just great anyway. I guess it doesn't yeah. matter. It's a team that they just jump on you. Maybe the Sabres can, you know, get out of the gate a little bit faster because they just have some really bad starts. And no Skinner tonight, right? He's on IR. Yeah. Uh, who's starting? It looks like, I don't know. We didn't get with Paul on this. Lukinan's on the the expected app, the app I looked at, but I don't know if we know for sure who's starting tonight. Did you I, see on that? I would. I think Levi, maybe. No?
2: I would think Levi and Lucanen get your next two games. In I, think some I, think they, I think they have to. I think Levi probably is a good idea for tonight. By the way, quickly on Skinner. Yeah. If. He's out long-term. He is approaching becoming the first NHL player ever to hit his 1,000th game before playing his first playoff game. And if he misses, I think the number is 14. If he were to miss 14 games, his 1,000th game would actually get pushed till next year. There's no
3: way he can be out that long, right? I mean, I don't know what the injury is, but he got hit pretty hard. It didn't seem like there was something. He came came back out, then he left.
2: Yeah. I don't know. If it's a back injury, those can be weird, so... I, I Yeah, I would think I would be surprised, too, if he missed that much time. But if it's a back, I mean, that could be... Is this Alec Tuck's anything. first
3: game back in Vegas?
2: In Vegas? No, I think he's returned once.
3: By did the way... he there last year? And did he play in that game?
2: We have not yes. heard him talk at all about... Like, he... He... Got traded away from a team that then immediately won the Stanley Cup after.
3: That's like, going to sting a little bit, doesn't sure. it? Like, you I'm just were... wondering if there's a tribute video tonight. That's why I asked.
2: He played there in March last okay. year. Okay. okay. So he they already they definitely done played that already. in Vegas when he was back. All right. They would have done that
3: already. All right, listen. We got that tonight. You got a bunch of football tomorrow. You got... Uh... The Cowboys coming here on Sunday, 425 p.m. game. Got a lot of football before that. We're going to have all the pregame coverage for you on Sunday. We're going to have the game for you at 425. And, of course, all the postgame coverage for you as well. I'll see you on Monday. Uh, Joe's going to be off for a few days. We'll talk about the reaction to the Cowboys game. Have a great rest of your Friday. Up next, Sabres Live. They'll preview the game tonight. And then it's, of course, one Bills Live. Show in the Bulldog at 3 o'clock today. I'll be on with, uh, I think it's going to be just Bulldog today. I'll be on with him during the 4 o'clock hour. So keep it right here to WGR. Have a great weekend everybody.